Does that take anybody back? Hello, good morning. Do y'all remember uh, Gumby? Yeah. Yeah, I, this is Chris Lucas's. I'm about, you remember it? That wasn't the song. That wasn't the song? Oh no, Gumby! This is her, uh, I guess you have a Snuggie here. A Gumby Snuggie. Yeah, Pokey's kind of running late this morning. That's a joke, Pokey. Ta-da. The Eddie Murphy version of Pokey? I don't think I want to do that one. That's probably not a wise idea. Anything you say Eddie Murphy, I probably shouldn't do up front. So that is from, I can't see you guys. And it, Gumby is kind of old, so uh, Gumby does have a hole in it. He's going to wear down a little bit this morning. I just <laughs> put some more air in again. But that's from 1956. Did you know that? 1956. Gumby. Uh, it was aired on the Howdy Doody Show. Now the young people in the audience will go, what in the world is a Howdy Doody? And I know Plato, Clay, but I don't know anything about this Gumby. What is that guy? The kids were walking to junior church going, what is that? What is that? Y'all don't know about Gumby, but he's a funny little ball of clay who gets into different situations, if you remember. Uh, But no matter what happens, Gumby just rolls with it. Often, literally, Gumby rolls with it and is very, what, flexible. Gumby's a ball of clay, very very flexible. No matter what happens in his life, he's able to adapt at whatever life throws his way. Is that you? Are you flexible? Are you able to adapt at whatever life throws your way? Is my question here today, uh, this morning. We're talking about flexibility. Turn to Acts chapter 21. I will relate it to Acts. You will see. Oh, here's a little Gumby, by the way. These are all Chris's. Thanks, Chris. Okay. So in Acts 21, what we're going to see is, (laughs) Paul's continuing, he's always got some difficult circumstance, but Paul's dealing with some difficulties, uh, and no matter what is going on around him, he's flexible, he rolls with it, he's kind of like Gumby, because uh, this early church, they're not always the kindest to him, uh, but he wants it to, these Gentile people and the Jewish Christians are kind of starting riots and mobs, and we're going to see next week some persecution, beating them up. But he goes with it, for, because he knows that for this early church that's going on, he's starting this early church, not just to make it survive, but in order for the early church to survive, they've got to have some adaptability, they've got to have some flexibility, they've got to work uh, with people and have these attitudes that are like Gumby, maybe Besides flexible, we're also going to talk a little bit about being sacrificial and being selfless. And for this early church to take off, they've got to make these steps to uh, have this attitude and this priority in their life of the world is crazy. The world is nuts. Amen? And hard things are happening all the time. And difficulties uh, will stretch us. But don't let things in your life bend you so much that you break. Carol, too soon? Sorry. Don't let... (laughs) I mean, break our spirit. Break our spirit. We love you, Carol. Uh, Don't let... See, that's what happens when we're not flexible, though. We break. 
we break. If these things in our life come to us, hardships, and we don't sort of go with the flow sometimes, if our spirit isn't adaptable, we can break spiritually, mentally, emotionally. Uh, it's, it's not going to work out well. Breaking of relationships, of, of things in our life, breaking of our finances, whatever. We've got to be adaptable. So let's take a look in Acts chapter 21, picking up where we left off last week, verse 17. Acts 21, verse 17. If you're there, raise your hand. All right, thanks, Gumby. He's there. Acts 21, 17. Uh, when we had come to Jerusalem, the brothers received us gladly. On the following day, Paul went in with us to James, and all the elders were present. After greeting them, he related one by one the things that God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And when they heard it, they glorified God. And they said to him, You see, brother, how many thousands there are among the Jews of those who have believed. They are all zealous for the law. And they have been told about you that you teach all the Jews who are among the Gentiles to forsake Moses, telling them not to circumcise their children or walk according to our customs. Verse 22. What then is to be done? They will certainly hear that you have come. Do therefore what we tell you. We have four men who are under a vow. Take these men and purify yourself along with them and pay their expenses so that they may shave their heads. This is, we're not used to this stuff. This is some Jewish customs. Uh, vows things. Thus all will know that there is nothing in you, nothing in what they have been told about you, but that you yourself also live in observance of the law. Verse 25. But as for the Gentiles who have believed, we have sent a letter with our judgment that they should abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled, some Jewish laws, and from sexual immorality. Then Paul took the men and the next day he purified himself along with them and went to the temple without uh, giving notice when the days of purification would be fulfilled and the offering presented for each one of them. All right. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> what are we going to do with that this morning? I want to share something. If you're filling in blanks, you can write this. We must be flexible without breaking. That's what we're talking about today, being flexible without breaking. So, Paul's on his way back uh, after his three missionary journeys. He's gone real far. I sent out a church email. I don't know if people read it, but he basically walked uh, equivalent of from New York to L.A., back to New York, and then to Chicago. It's the length of feet that this a, a guy, Paul, would have walked on his missionary journeys. And you'll never guess that people are complaining about how Paul's doing ministry. They never do that. People never complain uh, but they're doing it. They're, they're grumpy. They're like, uh, you're not doing things the way I want you to do them. And I know that never happens in life. But they were complaining here and they were kind of grumpy that Paul wasn't exactly as they were hoping he would be. There's even a rumor going around that Paul was teaching people to just junk the Old Testament. Basically throw out the law of Moses, all the Jewish rituals and rites and, and um, commands here. Well... That's not true, but people like to make up rumors too, don't they? Uh, it's saying that Paul wanted to start fresh, wanted to start uh, this Jesus movement, but with nothing that came before. Is that true? No, the, the, the Christianity is very much rooted in Judaism. It's Jesus was a Jew. This, the Abrahamic uh, people, Jacob and Esau, I mean, his name was Israel. God changed Jacob's name to Israel. So uh, there's Jewish roots, and uh, they're just 
antagonistic. People are grumpy, and they want to complain about something, and they looking down on Paul, don't like what he's doing or the way he's doing it. Now, this is uh, James, Jesus' brother. If you ever read the book of James, this is James, Jesus' brother. And he knows that this is going to cause a lot of contention. See, it's already deflating. Uh, a lot of trouble, a lot of contention, a lot of conflict in the church. So James is trying to sort this business out before Paul comes and sees uh, these Jewish Christians. And then things uh, get really messy. He doesn't want it to get messy. But they're twisting Paul's words all up. And people do that. <laughs> people twist up what we say, what we do, what we are about, and they did for him. And so Paul's trying to sort some of this out. Uh, sometimes people twist things on purpose. Sometimes t people twist things on accident. But you know what Paul did? Or I guess what he didn't do. Paul didn't get ticked off. Paul didn't uh, be antagonistic and grumpy back toward these people. He didn't get triggered or offended. He didn't lash out. He didn't storm out. He didn't say, you know what, forget you guys. I'm done with this missionary business. He was following the Gumby model. He was being flexible in his life. I have in your uh, notes there, down at the bottom, it says, Gumby, blessed are the flexible, for they will never be bent out of shape. <laughs> I love that line. I first saw that in a post office a few decades ago, I think. For waiting in lines, I think they put it up there. But blessed are the flexible, for they will never be bent out of shape. We can get bent out of shape pretty quickly. We can get grumpy. We can complain. We can get antagonistic at people, at things, at life, at the car in front of us, at the checkout line. We're just like filled with a world that is offended so easily and triggered so easily. And yet we see Paul, all this is against him, and yet he's being very flexible. He's being gumby to the world around him. He was a man of strong convictions. Now, just because uh, Paul was like Gumby, I'm not saying, you know, just be whatever people want you to be and change yourself. No, we've got to have our core convictions. We've got to have our core values. We've got to believe certain things and, and hold them dear without uh, towing the line or, or without letting people say, okay, uh, I believe in Buddhism. You're like, oh, sure, me too. Now I'm a Buddhist and now I'm a Muslim. And now, no, we're not changing the core of what we believe. But around those non-essential things, we can be adaptive. We can be flexible. We can be movable and sort of meet people where they are. Be like Paul in 1 Corinthians 9. It's in your notes. You can read it later. To be all things to all men, or we could say all people, so that uh, he might save some. Meet people where they're at. Reach people, reach across the aisle, right? And uh, sort of adapt this gospel message to people on different journeys. You talk to different people in different ways. We talked about that a little bit with the evangelism. Are you Gumby, Nancy? Oh, Do you feel like Gumby when you wake up? <laughs> Not as flexible as we used to be? Um, no, I, the issue of circumcision, I know that they said here that mm -hmm. yeah. they were accusing him. This is from Acts 15. Yeah, they were getting on Paul back then too. But she kind of did say that they didn't they, didn't, they were not going to impose that upon the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. didn't they? Well, it, it's not just that they weren't going to uh, oppose it. Kind of, I think Paul was being gracious. Like, we don't have to follow all these Jewish laws, but we don't have to throw them all away either. And if you want to be fine, if you don't find, he did tell Timothy to do it so that he could reach those Jewish people better. Yeah. And sometimes we, we got to adapt a little bit. Um, but it's not, it's not a salvation issue. Now, when he's going to these Jewish Christians, though, they're like, hey, 
we want you to follow our customs and laws. And that's why he comes over and he's like, all right, you want me to show to you that I am not throwing everything away. Okay, I, I do have Jewish roots, but I am a Christian now. Uh, I know these laws don't save me, but I'll do your Nazarite vow. I'll do this thing. We'll shave our heads. We'll uh, do this ritual ceremony so that you can see that I'm on your side. So that you can see that I'm not just saying, okay, the Old Testament, we're just deleting that. We're kicking it to the curb. Uh, meeting people. This is, in order to get an audience with the Jewish people, Paul had to show his Jewish roots a little bit. And so we can kind of, I don't know if that's your question, but... Well, I'm not a we, but I would think <laughs> men having have a circumcision is not a... Yeah, I... I <laughs> you know, not a... That's a tricky subject. Uh, yeah. Paul was more about the circumcision of the heart, which is like the, the spiritual meaning behind the covenant of Abraham's there. And it's, it's all about the heart. It's about the heart, it's about the meaning. But in this... In this arena that Paul's going to, he's different than the Gentiles. Remember when he went to uh, uh, Acts a few chapters ago to is it Mars Hill? And he's like, you guys worship this unknown God. Let me tell you about Jesus. He's just adapting to whatever circumstances. Now I'm back in Jerusalem and now I'll do this vow if it gets an audience uh, to show you guys. Look, I just want you to know about Jesus and uh, meet you halfway. What's that? What's that show where he goes, meet me halfway. Oh no, that's what my, uh, that was in a show. <laughs> it seems like a show it was so long ago. I think it was my, uh, my teacher in school, Mr. Vassal. Yeah, history. He was a gym teacher, so he's kind of like teaching whatever they made him teach so he could do athletics. But he had this line, and I'll never forget. I don't remember a lot of things my teachers in high school said, but he was very adamant. He'd go, meet me halfway, people. Meet me halfway. He said that, like probably every day. He gets so frustrated with these kids, with us. Meet me halfway, people. And I think Paul's doing that. He's meeting people where they're at. He's meeting them halfway. He's being all things to all men so that by any means, God might save some. So he can have an end with these Jewish people. Uh, fine. Whatever. I'll do your Nazarite vow. Uh, if that'll help you listen. Uh, I'm not totally against it. I just, it doesn't, Save us. Um, Jesus is what saves us, and I want you to know him. And that's, that's what he was doing. He was going the second mile here to not offend these people because um, he didn't want to hinder God's work there in Jerusalem. And we can learn a lot of things from that about flexibility or deflatability as is happening right now. I was trying, I glued one of the holes that I found. I said, kids, listen for the hole. I blew it up a few days ago. As Ryan goes, I think it's right here. And I glued that. We've got to put it underwater to see where the bubbles come from to get the other hole. <laughs> I see you got a couple patches back here. Poor Gumby. This is from 1956. This is an antique. <laughs> right, Chris? <laughs> so we want to be like Paul and Gumby. We want to show adaptability and flexibility in our lives to be selfless and I think the more flexible we are in non-essentials, the more fruitful we can be, where we can meet people uh, where they're at. He's preaching, now he's practicing what he preached in Ephesians. A lot of these are in your notes, but I'll read you this other one. Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says, always be humble and gentle, which if you've lived in our world for a little bit, that's not a lot of how people live. But he says, always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults, Ooh, this is tough stuff. Uh, because of your 
love. And then Paul says, make every effort. How many efforts? Every. Every, Do we make every effort to be flexible? I don't know. Probably not. I don't think I do. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. How powerful it is, this unity. But how is the unity helped? How, how has it come about? How do we build it? By being flexible and adaptable to different people and situations. Jesus also talked about this uh, flexibility with the parable. Do you all remember of the wineskins? The parable of the wineskins? We don't walk around. You guys probably have, what do they call them? Stanley cups or something. But back then they had wineskins. And you put your wine in it. And Jesus gave this parable that you don't put... Uh, Old wine, no, new wine and old wineskins because it's already been stretched. It's, already, it's not going to stretch anymore. It's not going to be flexible. What happens when you put new wine in an old wineskin? It's going to burst as the fermentation process happens. That's kind of a different story. But uh, Jesus knew that we need to be flexible and that we need to be adaptive as he was changing things and, and trying to reach the Jewish people and saying, I'm doing a new thing and it's going to make a big mess. I want to share with you... Uh, you know what? Maybe Chris, do you want to come up and share about Gumby? Sure. All right. So Chris has these Gumby things, and she has them for a reason. And you can just say whatever's on your mind. I want to get shocked about Gumby. Oh, okay. did he do it? So I'm not. I used to not be a very flexible person. Like um, I can remember our first vacation trip we took, and I made a book, and this is what we're doing. Do you remember that, Holly? This is what we were doing, and everything had to be an agenda. Um, had to be that way. But when I went on the UP project, I don't know how many years ago it's been, um, and I'm expecting um, a schedule um, that it, we're going to wake up at this time, we're going to have breakfast, we're going to have devotions, we're going to go here, we're going to go here. There was no schedule. And you're talking about dealing with about 50 teenagers. To me, you got to have a schedule. But talking with the leaders of the UP project, Julie Driscoll and, and um, Andy Cisneros and, and Grayson Pack, um, they don't want a schedule because they hmm. want it to just kind of flow. Hmm. They had a purpose for the whole trip, but they wanted it to flow. And so for me, Gumby, I've learned through my job as well, um, you have to be flexible. You have to roll with the punches, so to speak. Um, but don't lose, I know he's deflating, but don't lose your footing. Hmm. Don't lose your, your morals. Don't lose what you hold true and dear um, as far as being flexible. Um, but the first uh, time I, I'm postmaster at Tip City, and my first day at Tip City, I brought Gumby in um, <laughs> because I wanted them to, to understand there's going to be changes. Hmm. Some may not like them. Some may like them. You just have to be flexible and to be a Gumby. Um, I was going to say something else. I can't remember. But... You just have to be that way. You have to just roll with the punches. You have to go. You just have to be flexible. And I've learned that. I've learned that um, with a two-year-old nephew who he, he ruins your plans sometimes. You have to be flexible and you have to go the way you need to go. Um, and that's what I challenge you. Paul says in, in Philippians uh, chapter 4 is to be content in all things. And so no matter what situation you're in, um, I told Dan this morning, I feel like sometimes more of a Stretch Armstrong. You guys remember Stretch Armstrong? I don't have that because my brother and I put the pins in it and pulled the gel out of it. But um, you just have to be flexible and you have to be stretchable um, to go with whatever is happening with you. But again, don't lose your grounding. Don't lose your morals. Don't lose what you hold true and dear. Thank you, Chris. That's encouraging. 
some truths this morning from Gumby. I'll share with you something else from Rachel. And uh, ironically, she sent me this this week, and I said, honey, I'm talking about uh, being flexible and Gumby. And she's, I bounce off sermon stuff with her. She said, I actually, and she sent me this a long time ago, but she wrote a poem. She wrote a poem. Rachel did. Hi, Rachel. I'm going to read it. Do you want to read it? No, she doesn't want to read it. She wrote a poem in high school, was it, or middle school, when she was a teenager. About Gumby. About Gumby? So here we go. Ready? This is by Rachel Kane, called Gumby Challenge. What if Gumby were mud and hay? Then he'd be brick instead of clay. He'd get broken before he'd agree to be bent. He wouldn't respond to the call he was sent. He'd be so comfy in his utopian pod that he couldn't experience the fullness of God. We need to be like Gumby, so easy for God to bend, or else we must be broken and then must let him mend. If we are like a brick, so solid in our way, we'll miss out on God's blessings that we could have seen as hay. So the next time you are asked to bend, get out of your easy chair, bend to God and lean on him. Take the Gumby challenge if you dare. <laughs> oh, thanks, Chris and Rachel, for sharing the Gumby stuff. This will be. I try to think of visuals to stick in our minds because I'm a very visual person. It helps me. So you're going to walk away from today like, that was Gumby overload, my word. But you're going to remember to be flexible. Observation. Sure. I hate it when <laughs> technology updates, and I hate it when they change stuff around in the grocery store. Okay. Because those are things that drive me crazy. They never tell you they're going to do it. And sure. You go to get something, and it's like. And the new software updates, and you're like, the stuff wasn't where it used to be in the grocery store, and yeah, but yeah. the world changes, and people change, and things change. And are we going to just get stuck in our utopian pod? Are we going to complain and complain? And what's that, what good is that going to do? Got to roll with the punches, Nancy, and find out where they put the flour now. I don't know. Where they... <laughs> it's hard. What do they say? It's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. I'm not calling you old. I'm just saying it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. And that is tough. But as much as we can, depending on the Lord, we want to remain flexible in our lives and in our spirit and our, in our attitude. So are you rigid? Are you inflexible? Do you want other people to work all around you and like, this is my way or the highway? And you can get with the program or you can take a long walk off a short pier. Do you treat people that way? Do you treat the people in your family that way? Again, I'm not saying that we need to give up our core beliefs and convictions. We've got to hold on to those tenets, those pillars of our faith. But, and a lot of other things, we can be flexible so we don't break uh, to help relationships and opportunities uh, open up to share Jesus with people. So maybe you can ponder this week, what sacrifices of my uncomfort do I need to make? What, uh, how can I be more flexible in my life to strengthen the faith of others and, and be more fruitful? For God and Jesus, adapt ourselves. We gotta be like Gumby. All right, all right. Last thought. We're just gonna be real quick with this. Uh, you can fill this in your notes. I was thinking about flexibility and eternal joy is free yet costly. 
Eternal joy is free yet costly. So we're talking about flexibility. We're talking about Gumby. How do we help ourselves, this spirit in us, to be more flexible, to, for our attitudes to be more adaptive, meet people where they're at? I think it comes from an attitude of sacrifice. Now we're going to talk more about sacrifice next week when Paul has uh, persecution going on. And really, I mean, sacrificing his body for the sake of the gospel but I think one of the big keys to being flexible for us with our attitude is an attitude of uh, being a living sacrifice. The gift of salvation is a free gift. Praise God, hallelujah, amen. Thank you, Jesus, for your gift on the cross. That's why it's called grace. It's unmerited favor. But even though it's free, it's costly. It's a free gift, but then after we receive the free gift, we surrender our life, everything that we are, to the cause of Christ. Our wallet, our relationships, our job, our, our, our mind, our heart, our bodies, our everything is now a servant of Jesus. We really sacrifice everything. It is costly. But now we're living not for ourselves, but for other people. We're living for Jesus and helping people know him. Paul writes a lot of things like uh, this for our, for our sacrificial, uh, to help us have a sacrificial attitude. I'm trying to get all the illustrations to stay. There's too many today. Um, I just want to read you these words from Paul. Let them speak for themselves. These are in your notes, Acts 20. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. This is from Acts 21. I am not ready, uh, I am ready not only to be jailed at Jerusalem, but even to die for the sake of the Lord Jesus. Are you and I ready to sacrifice everything? Philippians 1. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is what? Gain. Philippians 3. Yes, everything is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, Paul says, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. Romans 12, in view of God's mercy, he says, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship, living sacrifice. And then uh, Jesus said in Luke chapter 9, if any of you wants to be my follower... You must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Are you getting the picture? Eternal salvation is free. But the cost, well, the following Jesus will cost us everything. We're going to see that more next week. What are you willing to give up for the sake of Christ? In your life, are we willing to give up our comfort, our interests, our desires, our convenience, our time, our talents, our treasures, our all for the glory of God and the good of other people? What are we willing to give up? That's my question. For me, I got to preach to myself because we're all in this together on this journey. That it's tough to follow Jesus. It's not easy, but it's a high calling. And I think this attitude of sacrifice when we, when we just learn to be flexible and adaptive and, and give, it helps us to have this attitude 
to be like a Gumby, giving up all that we are because all that we are is Jesus. So we're going to sing our last song. Everything that we are is for Jesus. And I want to encourage, challenge us, maybe as we're pondering 2024, what's going to happen, what's going to go on. What's God calling me to sacrifice in 2024? Maybe you can ponder that as we're still thinking about New Year's stuff just a little bit. And how could I be more flexible? How could I draw closer to Him? How could I reach more people? How could I be giving more of myself, my time, like I said, my talents, my treasures? How, what can I sacrifice for the glory of God and the good of other people and then be flexible and adaptive to whatever happens, whatever comes my way in life, whether it's a hospital call, your mom's in the uh, ER, or somebody fell and you got to go do that thing again, or your broken elbow, or you have an eye problem, or we all got stuff going on. And uh, there's different ways that we can react. And uh, I want to call us, and in myself, to. <laughs> Roll with the punches, like Chris said. And this life is long and troubled and full of sorrow, but we have a Savior who through it all is on our side. He's with us through all the hardships of life, and we've got to cling to Him so we know. So you know. I hope you know about the, the hope and the darkness and that uh, our Lord and our King, Jesus, He gave up everything. He sacrificed everything and then he says, be like me, <laughs> pick up your cross daily, follow me, die to yourself, die to our own desires, me, 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 myself and I, pride, comfort, ego, die to that self and let me live through you. Will you let him live through you this week, this year? I hope and pray so. I hope and pray that Jesus changes uh, not only your life, but your eternity and how we gonna be saying bye, all right? And <laughs> and how we interact with with people all around us. Jesus changes everything if we let him. And I hope you know him. Let's stand and sing praises to our sacrificial Savior.
Father, we do thank you and praise you again and again and again for your truly amazing grace. We couldn't earn our salvation, and for sure we never deserved it. But you chose to love us anyway, to bring us back to you in right relationship so we can be in your kingdom forever and ever with no more sickness or sorrow or pain or tears or death. Until that day comes, I pray that you would help us to live a life for you. Fill us with your power, your spirit, your courage, your strength, boldness, and wisdom to be who you called us to be and uh, affecting the lives around us that so desperately need you and your hope in this dark world. I pray you be with us this week. Help us to be flexible for you and for your glory and the good of other people. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. We finally sat down. He's had enough. He's tired. Kobe's West Team. <laughs>